Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. And welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show. Um, it is so great to be here with you guys on a beautiful day here in uh, Vero Beach, Florida, where this show broadcasts from. And I'm just excited because I just got back from up north. And when I left there Friday, it was 19 degrees and it was snowing. So I do enjoy the Christmas in the air, but I do like my beach and the moisture in the air and the sunshine. Um, for those of you who have been following me for a while, you know that I was recently up there to uh, put my mom's and dad's ashes in into the, the grave site, and it was truly beautiful, and I want to thank everybody for all of your support as I'm going through all of this. And, and I want to thank my guests that I have today, um, who you can kind of hear with all, I'm, he must be doing something while he's waiting for me to introduce him. Um, I want... Bobby Kipper has been a dear friend for a long, long time, and he's just been so supportive of me forever, and since my mom has passed, he just randomly sends me a text or a call, and it always seems to be just when I need a reach out, so um, beyond thanking him for being on the show, I'm thanking him for being a dear, dear friend. Bobby Kipper is one of those people that if you're trying to figure out how to focus yourself again how to make a difference in the world on many levels, then you're going to want to listen to this show today. He's the founder of Performance Driven Thinking, co-founder with uh, David Hancock, another dear friend of mine. He spent over 30 years providing leadership development, training, and coaching to both the government and private sectors. He has done keynotes at the White House. Uh, he's founded and he's the founding director of the National Center for the Prevention of Community Violence. He's passionate about quality of life and human rights issues. He's um, spoken with Congress, 35 states across America. He founded the Kipper Group. I love their, their motto, your beacon to success. He's just one of those guys that you want in your corner, and he's in your corner now because he's on my show. So welcome, Bobby Kipper. Well, thanks. thanks, Laura, for having me. It's good to be with you. It's always a, a pleasure to have you here. Now, are you in the Outer Banks? You in Virginia? You in New York? Where are you calling in from today? Well, I'm I'm in the other beach, uh, north of you. I'm in the Outer Banks of North Carolina, where I live in a, a little town called Kildouble Hills, and it's I, I live about a block from from the Atlantic. So I get that same serene feeling you do when you're when you're at your home. Except you've got a little colder weather, right? <laughs> It is a little bit chillier here. Obviously, though, we're supposed to be close to 60 today. So in December in the Outer Banks, we'll absolutely take it. All right. So I've got to ask this question. What's it like living in the Outer Banks in the winter? It's a pretty much it's a summer community, very seasonal, right? A lot of people inundate the island when the weather gets nicer. What's it like the rest of the year? Well, it's like uh, we sort of have our own paradise. Uh, it is a, a resort area that attracts a lot of people who rent cottages down here in the Outer Banks. But in the off-season, I guess, us locals sort of get our beach back, as you, you're well aware of what that's like. And so um, you can drive down the car the road, and there may be two or three cars that you may see in the distance. But um, someone asked me when I moved down here full-time, they said, hey, well, I bet you're not going to like it in the winter. And I said, well, I really don't like it in the winter. I love it because it's so peaceful and it's 
just getting away from everybody and having your your own ocean to walk the beach during the day. So it's, it's beautiful. There's nothing better than, well, there are some things better, but I love walking the beach in the winter. There's just something extra magical about it when there's a little crispness in the air and the light has changed and not that many people are on the beach. I would agree with that. Um, it's it's sort of like its own you know, solstice positioning of, of your mind and your thought and your spirit, and it just gets you um, totally connected. The ocean is a way of doing that to the vast array of, of what we are provided every day when we wake up um, to be able to focus on things that are so, so positive, including that, that atmosphere. It is, it is an eye-opener, but it's also a motivator for me. Me as well. As I've been processing the grief with my mom, I found that going to the beach, driving past the beach, sitting on the beach seems to make my soul feel better and calm my mind. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I learned as a little boy, I was raised on the water. Uh, My father was a water person as well. And he told me one day as I was walking down the beach, he said, you see those waves as they come in? And I said, yeah. And he said, every time a wave comes in, if you've got something bothering you, he said, why don't you give it to that wave? And I said, oh, okay. And he said, now watch what the wave does. He said, the wave is taking your problems back out to sea. And um, I tell you, I've never forgot that. I'd say when I walk down the beach, you know, if I have something stressing me or something that's really eating at me a little bit, I just remember words of my dad, the waves take your problems away. So maybe it's something that, you know, you and your guests can take in mind the next time you walk in the beach. I'm just going to cast the problem to the wave and let the wave handle it. So it's all part of a, you know, a, a bigger vision, but I've always lived by that. I just enjoy that thought. All right. And, of course, that has me quite emotional right now. There are tears right there because that is such a beautiful thought, you know, it, and it, it's such a visible thing that you could, whatever the problem is, whatever anybody who's listening is dealing with right now, even if you don't have a beach right near you, perhaps you can visualize a wave and the beach or get a picture (laughs) and picture it just going, I love that, Bobby. That is so beautiful. No wonder you're such a. Well, it's been a lot. It's been a lot to me over the years, and you know, again, it's just the things that I know we're talking a little bit today about focus, and it's just those things that you can actually, you know, there there are issues that that we each have that will never totally leave us, but we can always make the perception of those issues and how we look at those issues better uh, with the way that we we fix our mind and and we refocus on things that are positive. Um, not only in life, but, you know, in, in nature and in the world. Which leads me to one of the, one of the questions I have, because, you know, the, the wave analogy, as I'm thinking through it, it's the intentionality of saying, okay, I have a problem, vocalizing what that problem is or that stress or whatever, and then saying, okay, I'm releasing it to the wave. For people who are having trouble, because this is something I find with my clients and and friends and myself, especially right now, is sort of how do you get your thoughts together enough to even say, okay, this is the bigger thing for me right now. 
or I can't focus. How do you begin to start getting that intention and getting the thoughts together? That, that's a great question. And for, um, I think for everyone, it, it's probably different because, you know, if you're dealing with grief and someone else might be dealing with financial issues or the loss of a job or, you know, they're just different things that we go through in life that are, are elevated concerns within each one of us. Okay. And I just uh, want to throw this out there, Bobby. It, it may not even be, this just popped into my head. It might not even be something that seems like a bad thing because right. I've, I've had, different points in my life, things, everything's going right. And it's so overwhelming. I can't pull it together. Right. And, and, and I really do you know, follow where you're going with that. It, it's what it, it basically goes back to our general daily focus and what is our focus and how do we adapt to the things that are creating most of our focus attention. And one of the things that I always challenge people to do is they feel like they're having an issue being able to focus is to really sort of do a little graphic chart if they could just think every time they're thinking about something maybe even put a little graph together every time i'm thinking about uh you know something's positive or you know maybe it's a promotion or when i'm thinking about a loss or a divorce or whatever it is put a dot every time you think about that and i know that it's time consuming to do that but a lot of people have tried this, you know, and they really found out that there are a lot of dots on that paper at the end of the day. I mean, most of my time today has been spending on thinking of that particular item. And, and what that is, and you've hit the nail on the head, that's really um, what I call a refocus identification point, where you have to really look at the amount of time you're spending on one issue and do something about it. Some of these things, you know, they eat at you and they eat at you and they eat at you, but we're never really providing solutions to get through some of that process. And it's because we really don't realize at the end of the day, just how long have you been dwelling on that particular issue without trying to find some resolve to it? And I think we each have to channel the amount of time we spend doing that. So what you're saying, Bobby, is in order to gain awareness of something, let me make sure I understand this right, you need to start realizing how much time you're spending on it. And you use this dot idea. Absolutely. I do think that, you know, again, uh, you know, it's almost like people that, that are supposed to be focused on a particular thing that would be positive or could provide a positive influence in their life, but they find themselves drifting off to things that are negative. And until you really realize what the real focus is of your thoughts, the majority of your time, you don't, you can't really address, you know, that, that focus. I mean, it almost gets to the point where we, we, we know what occurs when we talk about addiction and substance abuse, but there's also an addictive mindset to things that are traumatic, things that are bad. Um, you know, and it, it may be post-traumatic, but it also may be a reality of what we are currently going through. So you have to measure that in your mindset and try to find a solutions for resolving some of those mental anxiety issues. And that that's hard to do. Some people have to go, you know, to professionals to help them do that. But I do think there are, are there are common sense things that people can sort of focus on to try to try to get out of it. All right. And we're going to talk about those when we come back from the commercial break. 
We're here with Bobby Kipper, founder of Performance Driven Thinking and the director of the National Center for the Prevention of Community Violence. We'll be right back. Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author Laura Stewart. Bobby, you mentioned before the commercial break that there are some common sense, and we know not everybody has common sense. I'd like to think all my listeners do, though. Um, (laughs) Some common sense things that people can do to let go of an addictive mindset and create um, a proactive or a positive mindset. What are some of those things that some people can begin doing? Well, I, I think that, you know, you mentioned our the book that we wrote um, that called Performance Driven Thinking. I think a lot of it has to do with understanding the power of personal performance, which really starts with, with a mindset. Um, we talk a lot about that in the book. I mean, you know, how does an underdog ever win in life? How do people who don't have that talent level come out on top? And And we really feel like I think it's very important to understand that it, it's really – about a mindset to perform, to move. And and performance means, you know, not only wanting something in life, like most of the time when we go through these issues of of whatever they are that really are impacting our life and are really holding our focus, sometimes it's it's just we we have to really look at, you know, what is it, what are our goals, where do we want to go with this issue? And I think part of it is, is that, I joke about this, but I speak about this, you know, when I'm talking to business groups and corporations and we talk about, you know, how many of you, like this morning, woke up to um, an alarm clock? And I have everybody, a lot of people in the audience, obviously, because we're we're sort of addicted to those alarms in the morning, um, raise their hand. And one of the things that I always try to promote is the fact that I want you to start thinking from this point forward that you no longer wake up from an alarm, but you wake up to an opportunity. And it's a mind shift where we have to really realize that it goes beyond, you know, wishful thinking. It goes to a specific solution and strategy on how to get to another level with that particular issue. And a a good example, uh, we're coming up on the holiday season, and we all know one of the most uh, sought-after and most purchased items during the holiday season will be exercise videos in exercise tapes, and we know that there are a number of people out here that really are dedicated to the idea that they want to get in better shape coming into the new year, that they want to do something different to to better themselves. But history tells us that even with resolutions, that one of the most non-used items that we'll be getting this Christmas will be exercise tapes. Like try to go to a, a health club in January and then turn around and try to go in March. It's not that people don't want to get through the process. It's that they did not have the will to get a strategy to get beyond where they are. And it does take a strategic will and plan to do that. People think it's just going to happen naturally. And as you know, when we continue to focus and focus and focus, we've got to come up with a strategy. And um, I think that's really all about performance. And I think they go together, setting goals strategic thinking and really moving beyond the element that's got us pinned in or, or, you know, disfocused from being able to move on. So I think those things are important. It sounds like what you're saying is people need to begin to understand more than the want. 
because just wanting something doesn't transform it in, in the mind into performance to create it. There has to be something beyond the want. Would right. Change, is not, change does not come in our lives because we want something. Change comes in our lives because we put action steps into achieving what we want. I mean, there are a lot of people in life, Lord, that want things. I mean, you know, we talk to a, a child, especially, I mean, the idea of sitting on Santa's lap is what do you want for Christmas, you know? But the idea of it is is that we realize that there are a lot of people that, you know, a lot of people want to quit smoking, a lot of people want to quit drinking, a lot of people want to do those things. If it was just a mind that would allow you to do that and just focus, well, I just want to do this, then we wouldn't have the level of addiction and, and some of the issues that we have with these things. You've got to do more than just want it. You've got to take steps, specific steps. And as you're well aware, I mean, there are programs out there that people have to follow these steps in order to achieve what they want. But everybody goes into the idea, I really want to get through this. I mean, you know, you're dealing with grief, and, and I know you well. I know that, that you really want to get to a point where it's not quite as bad as it is today or yesterday. And so people are there with their minds. What they're not there with is being able to sit down and specifically take action steps to achieve what they want. We all want more. You know, we, we'd like to be wealthier. We'd like There are things that we really want in life, but none of that's going to happen with just your wishful thinking. It's going to happen with specific strategies to get um, where you want. And that's something we do in our workshops, by the way. We... Um, we actually get people to write out what they want, and then before they leave the workshop, they have to have three steps that they're going to take when they leave to process that want into action. So that's what—that's really the definition of performance. What are some of the questions that people need to begin asking themselves or can begin asking themselves to start shifting that want into action? Well, I, I think that, you know, um, I always use these questions to give people, especially when we're coaching and people reach out to, to want to be coached through some of those issues. You know, one of the things is, is you know, um, when we're dealing with situations, I have basically a couple of things that, that I ask people to focus on. Number one, the situation which you're dealing with, you know, did you cause it? That's the first question that I have. Um, did you cause this situation? I mean, are you stuck in a job because you haven't really – had the energy or the, the mindset to try to get out of that position. I mean, it, and that's a cause. I mean, it's, you're causing yourself to remain in a really negative situation that's really bearing you down. You know, um, the, the, the second thing that I always ask people is, can you change it? I mean, is there something you can do to change the position you're in? And people can come to me and say, well, I don't really feel like I can change it. Whether you feel like you can change it is, is not the answer. The answer is, is that can you find a plan to change it? Is there something you can do to, to move beyond where you are? And, and the last thing I always ask people is there are a lot of things that we tend to worry about. Um, and some of those things are inevitable in life that really, at times, we spend more time really being concerned about things that really don't have a lasting impact. Now, we're not talking about something like divorce or, or, you know, death of a family member, but we've got to admit, we spend a lot of times in this country individually really focusing on things that, oh, who's going to be promoted? Who's the boss? Who's going to be the new CEO? 
in the scheme of things, when we look down the road of life, is that really going to make the greatest impact on us as people? Can we change that decision? Um, can we do something about it? Or is it really going to be the end result of what we end up with, you know, internally and externally as a person? So those things are really important. And it's important for us to ask ourselves those questions as we go into trying to make changes in our lives. I, I like it. Those are some really great questions that I'd like all of you listening out there today as we go into the national news break to start thinking about. Now, if you're driving your car, uh, be very careful. I don't want this to consume all of your thoughts. You need to be focusing on your driving. If you're listening to on the podcast, um, pause before we come back from the news break, which will be instantaneous for you. And just write down some thoughts. Whatever you're dealing with right now that's taking away your focus, think about it. And we'll be right back with more from the amazing, my dear friend, Bobby Kipper. Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Welcome back, everyone. Excited to uh, be chatting with Bobby Kipper. And Bobby, um, before the break, you shared some questions, and I understand I got chopped off for a second there when I told everybody that during the commercial break, I thought they should um, take the opportunity to think about the questions you posed about how to begin moving forward and getting focused. Let's expand upon the this whole idea of in order to change your situation you need to understand the impact the situation is having on you would that be correct as a first step or no that 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 would be absolutely correct um again and you know the reality uh, a lot of times we have a hard time with impact and reality i mean when you think about it, there are certain realities that we face every day in life and the premise that certain things can happen. But at the same time, you know, we also measure the fact that, um, you know, if we're not prepared, we're not totally prepared, it can really have a, a lasting impact. So a lot of it is this understanding life's positions and the positions we placed ourselves in to, to know, you know, what we can do as far as understanding the impact that's having on us and to make changes so we can negate the impact, especially if it's a, an impact that's very, very detrimental to us uh, emotionally or, or physically. And so those things are important, but you have to be able to measure, again, what, what impact it's having on your life in order to make shift. You shift your mind, and, and when you shift your mind, you shift, shift gears and shift changes. And I want everybody to, to think about what Bobby just said, because it's it's not just – most of us tend to think – that it's only bad things that impact our ability to focus. Like what you've heard me dealing with these last few months around my mom passing away. Sometimes it's good things that impact us. I can't tell you how many times I've worked with clients or consulted for companies that their growth is, is so exponential that they stop focusing on strategy all they're doing is thinking about what's happening and they're reacting 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 and all of a sudden they realize they can't even support their clients anymore it's a good situation to be in but they they didn't plan for the growth so all of a sudden they're overwhelmed and customer service goes down and they can't fulfill orders and things like that so start 
thinking in your mind, it's not just always a negative thing. It's a positive thing that if not, if you don't think about it, it can affect your performance. So, Bobby, how would you respond to somebody who perhaps is in that kind of situation? Well, you gave a good example. And another example I was thinking as you were talking, Laura, would be, you know, a team that just maybe um, goes up against a, a team that's basically sort of rated higher to them in athletics, and all of a sudden this underdog team goes in um, and they win the big game. I mean, winning and achieving in life is wonderful, and, and there needs to be I'm – a, I'm a firm believer, and we write about this in a performance book – I'm a firm believer in small wins. I'm a firm believer that we recognize the small wins in life, but I'm not a believer that we just hold on and we don't go for additional wins. I think that what happens is that the celebratory mindset that we've accomplished our goals should only drive us to set additional goals. It doesn't mean that we don't take some time and, and, and share the wine together or just, you know, a, a time of, you know, celebrating with our close friends and and people that are dear to us. But what it means is that you can't continue to live on your laurels, as as the old, you know, tale has said. Uh, You have to move to what, okay, what's next? You know, no one ever reaches that pinnacle where they can't really, even the best employees in an organization need to be driven to be better. Even the best athletes, you know, need to be driven they need performance coaching to really continue that mindset and even to grow that mindset. Because who is to say in life when we finally reach the pinnacle that we cannot go any further? I don't think that life exists for us to adopt that attitude. I think life exists for us to adopt the attitude that, yes, this is great, this is wonderful, and look what we're achieving, but how much more can we achieve? And, you know, Laura, I want to say that people measure that simply by dollars and cents, and that's a big mistake. What I'm talking about is not measuring wealth as far as money is concerned. I'm I'm talking about the mental wealth that people have in their lives to really always be reaching for the stars because the stars are where we want to be instead of settling for something that we feel like that this is as high as I can go. I can't do any better than that. We never can be comfortable with that attitude in life. So improve your mental wealth. Increase, increase your mental wealth. Absolutely. Really. Um, and, and continue to set goals. I mean, you know, we all, we all should be setting goals because goals make us want to achieve. And anytime we want to achieve, I mean, it's better to have something we're looking toward than something that we're all the time satisfied with. We should never be in life just totally satisfied with our position when we know that we can grow, whether it be education. One of the things I tell um, teams all the time when I get a chance to talk to teen groups is that the one thing they cannot take away from you in life is what you know. So if you're not doing anything else to make yourself a better person, read, study, learn, because that is the one thing that you can always say that you have the ability to grow in. That's really important because that even makes us mentally feel better. You do a lot of workshops in some organizations that society has really, uh, that they've taken a hit lately. You, you do a lot of work with police departments and fire departments and, and nine, nine, I do. Um, 911 uh, groups. Yes, we that, do. And we do a lot of um, training, police training. As a matter of fact, it's um, 
funny you mentioned that tomorrow I'll be spending the entire day um, at a regional police academy in Virginia to do a day's training for police officers. Now, when you're working with groups like that, I mean, you want to talk about a high-stress environment that these folks are in every single day and the news has not been kind to most of them. How do you work with them to help them get their focus when they're being attacked on all sides, sometimes literally? That, that's a great question, and, and yeah, I do agree. Um, and one of the things that we try to, to really, when when this subject comes up, and I've had the ability to, to even be on you know national networks to talk about this type of thing, but we cannot paint an industry with a wide paintbrush. And I think, unfortunately for us in America, we have done that. I, there, that does not mean they're not issues in policing as there are issues in any industry in this country where they need to be corrected. It does not mean that everyone is always treated fairly by the police. But you, you bring up an important point. We've got to be able to, to attract and recruit the best and the brightest to that industry because we all want to be safe. We want safe communities. And so what we try to do is we try to go in with the mindset to law enforcement to really talk to them. I mean, we have a course on performance thinking. We have a course on performance leadership for chiefs. And, um, you know, and I've done that actually in the state of Florida um, for the last number of years for the Florida Police Chiefs Association. And we really get in there and talk about the difference between management and leadership and driving more performance within their organization. One of the things that's easy for people to do, you, it's a great example, when, when we're all down on policing and people and the police officers are hearing these negative comments, it's easy for us to get totally down on the industry and the industry to get totally down on themselves. But one of the things we do is we remind them of their calling. You see, for me, policing is not a job. It's a calling. It's a mission. It's something that you really you want to do for, for the people in your community and in society. This is a society's calling to make us better. And so that's what we instill in police officers. Regardless of what they say, that's not your mission. Your mission is not to debate your worth. Your mission is to make the society a better place. And, and one of the first things that I'll say to them tomorrow is that we, I always take them back to the oath and to the, our basics. I mean, which one of the, the greatest things police officers can learn is that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal, and they need to instill that in their mind, every call that they get and everybody they come in contact with. So we do a lot of promoting of that thought process. Well, that's a, a great thing for anybody to think about, whether you're in law enforcement, and I salute every single person in, and you, Bobby, because you've been there yourself, but Remind yourself of your calling when you're feeling lost before every engagement, when you wake up in the morning throughout the day. I would think that that would be a very helpful thing. And if you can't immediately bring your calling back to you, then that's a sign of you need to stop and start posing some of these other questions you've said to us and get a copy of your book, Performance Driven Thinking. Well, yeah, and one of the things that, you know, you know one of my favorite, you know, we've known each other for a long time, and one of my favorite sayings is that life is a process, it's not an event. And so um, what, we, what we tend to do is we tend, when these events happen, we tend to be locked into the event. We can't get beyond the event. And, 
And nobody's saying that this is easy. I mean, the things that I talk about in, in my coaching to people is not something that's going to occur tomorrow. Um, it's going to be a progressive pattern of changing our processes, the way we, the way we view things and the way we get through them. But, you know, um, these things have happened even in policing. I mean, these are processes that lead to, to those issues. And so we really try to push that thought that people need to look at their process before they can change the event. All right. And with that, we're going to go into our last commercial break. And I'd like everybody to think about fill in the blank here. Blank is a process, not an event. Whatever you're going through right now, fill in that word for you. So for me, grief is a process, not an event. We'll be right back. Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author Laura Stewart. Bobby, when you wrote Performance-Driven Thinking, it's a book that has so much in it. How did you get your focus to put the book together? Uh, That's a great question. There's a real history to um, performance-driven thinking. Uh, You know, through coaching and the other things that I've been involved in in life, I, I always wonder why certain people really try to go to the top of the game and other people just try to get by. They don't really, they don't put forth the effort. I still look around me today sometime and wonder, sometimes I feel like, and I tell people that are close to me, sometimes I feel like I go like 100 miles an hour and I'm, I'm looking around at, at everybody that's driving 25 miles an hour. Um, I, I really have been intrigued by what really turns people on to really just get them motivated to, to go beyond the status quo. You know, it's almost like when I tell companies, um, you know, some people just settle for threes on their evaluation, like they just meet standards. I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to live life like that. A friend of mine, uh, Matthew West, is a is a great Christian uh, songwriter and singer, and he wrote a song about going through the motions, and he said, what, what if I get to the end, and what would happen if I would have given everything instead of just going through the motions. And, Laura, that was a thought process for me in writing the book. It's like, okay, what is it? What gives here? Why do some people wake up on the other side of the, the, the mountain and some people wake up, you know, and stay in the valley? Um, it, it just – and then there was really not anything that was defined about performance thinking. I was really sort of blown away by that. And if your your listeners go to Google, they'll know that we sort of um, – we sort of established a brand and performance-driven thinking. So it was a motivation to really search, to help people do soul-searching about why are they satisfied with just getting by and what can motivate them to get beyond that. And, and you've read the book. That's really the premise of the book, to help drive people in that direction. So why are you satisfied with just getting by? I love that question. Uh, or, and we changed to, are you satisfied with just getting by? Because some people don't like the why question, even though you know that's like my favorite question in all the world. But are right, you satisfied right. with that's just true. getting by? And, and why would you be that way? I mean, what is it about each of us that we would enter, ask ourselves, are we okay with just just arriving? Or would we like to go further in life? And, you know, and again, these things that you're talking about, things that you're experiencing now with grief and other things that come in life, it's not like there's a magic pill here. I mean, it's, it's, it's a process of dealing with those type of thought process. Why are we okay with just being stuck in a rut or in a mode? Why, why should we be okay with that? 
when we could reach out and, and, and grab grab more. And I think that was, um, again, the challenge of the book. And, uh, you know, I've written, that's my fourth book, but uh, it's the third or fourth book. But that was probably one of the ones of my favorite because it motivated, self-motivated me to not be satisfied with the status quo. So I got as much out of it writing it, I hope, um, I think, as people would get it when they read it. Well, what I liked about the book was, since we know I'm all about the questions, how many questions you and David pose in the book, right? And you, you give a framework that when people read the book, they can actually go through it and begin to move past that just getting by, that stuck in an event and move past it. Uh, at, you know, your chapter, you mentioned this earlier on small wins, was really great because for me right now it's been i'm so used to things happening constantly 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 and the last six years taking care of mom i if i hadn't celebrated even small wins forget it i don't know how i would have gotten up in the morning some days right and and i think there are a lot of people and and what i would say is that no one can individually feel um the pain that you feel because of the situation you're in. But I think people can identify with a sort of feeling that's near that. And and it may not be just grief, other than that's what you're going through, but it may be something else. I know, um, you know, I know a friend of mine last Christmas all of a sudden lost a job. The week of Christmas, they walked in and said, you know, we, we don't need, I mean, so it can be in many things in life, but you're right. It's just like, okay, what's going to define you? That's the question, and I know you're all about the question, so I would ask people to really measure that in their own life. What really defines you in the position you're in now and where you want to be? That life definition is something that should never, ever stop. It should always be changing. And my hope for everyone listening and everyone I come in contact with is that question would move us to a more positive place in our life. And that's really... That's really why we're here. We're not here to take up space. We're here to basically find our place in the sun. I mean, that's that's what life's about. And so we all need to focus on that because even in the worst of times, there's always the possibility of better and the best of times. And so that's really the measure of moving to where you need to go. So what defines you then, Bobby? What defines me? I would say what defines me is the ability to drive, in my life, a purpose-driven life to where I'm making people that are around me and people that I come in contact with, I hope every day that I live that someone is better because I existed. I really have that as a personal goal. There are two things that I want to get out of every single day. I want to learn something different, and I want to help somebody new. And if I'm able to do that and the person's life is enriched because they knew me, how can I not say that that's not a successful day? It's definitely a successful day. Well, I know my life's better because you're in it. Well, I really appreciate you saying that. And, I, you know, I know you've gone through some real tough mm-hmm. moments and hours and weeks and days in and, and the last few months. And I just want to say how my heart's been there for you in realizing that there are people that can identify, not maybe at the level of grief, but they can identify with grief. So I really feel this time of year is really important for us to really say that, that there are a lot of people that experience those feelings and um, they need the help of friends. They need, they need a hug. They need 
a hand to reach out because we don't get through certain life's process by being alone. We get through it. It's all about community and, and finding that right community of people that can help you over, over the, the hump so you can get to a better mindset. I love that. And since we're almost at the end of the day, end of the show, how do people reach out to you, get your book, find out more information? Uh, they can contact me. A, a good. Let me give you a good email address. They can contact me at Bobby Kipper, B-O-B-B-Y-K-I-P-P-E-R, at the Kipper Group dot com, and the book is available um, at on you know Amazon or any booksellers, uh, Barnes and Noble. Any uh, bookseller can actually order it for you. Um, if anybody wants any training or any coaching, I'd, I'd welcome them to to give me a uh, shout-out and just send me an email and some contact information, I'd be happy to get back in touch with them so we can ho- hopefully change mindsets of people we come in contact with. All right. So the book is um, Performance Driven Thinking, and you can reach Bobby at Bobby Kipper at The Kipper Group, and their website is thekippergroup.com. Bobby, thanks so much for being here and for your words to inspire everybody to get focused and move forward. <laughs> Well, thanks again, Laura. I wish you Merry Christmas and all of your listeners a happy holidays and a prosperous new year, and I know we'll be talking soon. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Uh, It was great to have Bobby on the show, and remember, the right questions truly can change your life. So what are you asking today? Hug someone you love. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.